0: In the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope you all have had a good evening last night, and uh, hopefully an even better morning this morning. And it's a pleasure to be gathered with you on Christmas Day in the worship of our Lord and Savior. I thought I would open up by just saying, kids. Kids. I've got two of them, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and sometimes they say the cutest things, even if they are mistakes. As I know all of us, as we arrived here today and we walk into the songs of the Christmas season, those songs that are just nostalgic to us, and they begin to deepen our worship uh, just to consider the incarnation and what Christmas, the season, means for all of us. But my sons are really good at messing up the lyrics of some of these really good old hymns. And I wanted to share some of these with you because they are just priceless, at least in my eyes. And I hope you will uh, lend me some, uh, some courtesy if you don't think it's funny. But as our song of praise this morning, we, we, say, we would say, in excelsis Deo. My sons will say something like, like, in eggshells sheesh deo, messing up the refrain that we all know so well. You probably know this one or can guess what this one is, round john virgin mother and child, round john virgin mother and child. Then we have another one, pretty, pretty gets me chuckling a little bit. Radiant beans of thy holy face. The radiant beans of the Christmas season. And also, got a kick out of this one, washing their socks by night. <laughs> Those shepherds, not watching their sheep, but watching their socks by night. And finally, a song that we will close today with, one of the all-time favorite hymns, Joy to the world, the Lord has gum. <laughs> the Lord has gum, not come. Really. So, but focusing on those songs, and this, I wanted us to get to just to think about what those songs of the Christmas season mean to us. And I really want us to look at one in depth that we'll learn a little bit about, but it will also just help with our leaning into and fully pressing into what the incarnation means to us in the Christmas season. That song, Joy to the World, was written by Isaac Watts. Now, Isaac Watts was an English pastor and poet who had an amazing gift with just words and how he would string words together. He lived in England from about 1648 to about, seven to, he lived for 70, 74 total years, and, oh, 78, 1678 was when he was born and lived for 74 years. And he would do many great things. By the age of 13, he knew Hebrew, French, German, and one other language that I'm forgetting, four languages outside of his original language that he learned by the age of 13, and then he would go to college and graduate in two years, and then he would get to pay the bills. He was an associate pastor, but his real love was hymnody and writing music and especially the lyrics is what he is really known for and what meant a lot to him. By the entire scope of his life, he would write over 700 hymns, many of them that you probably know and that are in our hymnal, as well as 60 books and poems just about the living a life of the resurrection and faith that meant a lot to him. And as in his day, he, when he was growing in and coming into this passion, and his ministry of writing these, these beloved hymns that we have today, they, the Psalms were the only thing at that time that were actually sung in church. Believe it or not, there was a time when they said, that's the only music that should be sung is the Psalms. And Isaac Watts loved He loved the Psalms and thought they were beautiful. But too many times, he would be studying Scripture. And something like the Gospel that Father Joe read today would come up. And he would see it read in church. These all-powerful words that we consider with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. John 1. One of the most beautiful and powerful statement of words ever put together. In the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. And as that gospel finishes off and it says, God came and dwelt among us. That we consider the, crea- the creator wrapping his creation around him and coming In that extraordinary way that we've heard all throughout Advent and into the Christmas season. And then living an extraordinary life. And then growing up, dying an extraordinary death to save us sinners. This is what we consider. But as many times, if we've been to Christmas or in Bible study on our own, we have heard that gospel On Christmas Day, if this is your normal time to attend versus Christmas Eve, you've heard that gospel now several times. Isaac Watts would watch as the same people would come time after time and that beautiful, deep theological meaning of the incarnation spoken in that gospel of John, he would look out and see people looking at their stopwatch, wondering what was next, or not being able to fully focus into the depth of the meaning of the incarnation. And this, he, it meant a lot to him. And he thought, how can I share? Uh, dish, wake people out of that, that rut and out of that busyness to fully focus into the meaning of the season. And this is where he came up with joy to the world. The Psalm 98 that we read in response just a bit ago, joy to the world is actually a commentary on Psalm 98. And there are themes that run both through in response to what God has done for us, as coming as the Christ child and then dying on the cross and resurrecting for us Psalm 98, as well as joy to the world, are a response and a commentary on one of the other. And this is Isaac Watts thought when the Psalms were written in Psalm 98, it was for the Old Testament church that was waiting for the actual coming of the Christ child. But he thought in his lifetime, here we are remembering back. To when that Christ child came, living our day-to-day lives and then looking forward to when Christ will come again. Not as a child, but as the Messiah to come and reconcile all things to him. And he thought, well, that is the very reason why he wrote joy to the world. It is echoing the themes of Psalm 98, but it is written for the New Testament church to help us fully know the mysteries as well as the revelation of the coming of the Christ child in the incarnation. Let me show you a few ways that he has done this. If you think about the first line in the first stanza of joy to the world, and I love, this will be our last song that we sing today as we are heading back out into the world. It's joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart receive. Prepare him room and let heaven and nature sing. And you'll see as that song, by, de- by design, it is a lot of repetition to really set in for us, the New Testament church, just pondering the mystery and the revelation of the incarnation. Let heaven and earth sing over and over. But that's Isaac and his heart He knew how to prepare the way for the coming of the king. That's the first question he poses to us this morning in that hymn as he is writing. Have you prepared in your hearts the incarnation, what it means to you and what it means for you? I bet in all of our homes we have a nativity scene. I know we have one that is indestructible that little boys can play with. And sometimes, you know, T-Rex will come over and be playing with Jesus and things like that. That We don't break out the nice one that was my mother's until the boys are a little older. But you probably have a nativity scene of some sort in your home or you've been seeing them for the past four to five weeks I remember an old pastor, a good friend of mine, telling a story about how it'll be just a day's time. Maybe you'll live the full 12 days of the season of Christmas, or maybe you'll keep your nativity scene up for a while. But it doesn't mean anything without the Christ child Jesus in the manger. This old pastor friend of mine tells the story of once there was a family that had three kind of dogs that liked to just chew up the house. And one of the days, one of the dogs, when they left to go Christmas shopping, of all things, and they would be gone all day, one of the dogs got a hold of little baby Jesus. In that nativity scene, the prized family passed down from generation to generation, chewed up Jesus, and actually swallowed Jesus. And so they they would debate after they came home, well, maybe we could keep it up, because maybe not having Jesus, it's the nostalgia. And we know what's supposed to go there. And the father said, no, we will make or we will go get another Jesus, because it makes no sense. The crash scene makes no sense without Jesus in the manger, considering the incarnation. And as the season comes to an end, and has, as for all of us, we will put our crash scenes back in a box. But remember what Isaac Watts, the question he was begging for us all in that first stanza of joy to the world. Have you prepared the way for Christ to come into your heart this Christmas season. And I talk about putting away creches and that sort of thing because how often do we live our lives of faith that way? Here we have a season of Christmas to ponder the mysteries and the revelations of Christ coming in the form of this child and the life that he lived and the death that he died. But how often after the nostalgia of Christmas, sometimes as early as tonight or tomorrow, do we realize that our regular lives start coming back to us. End of the year bills are due. Maybe you opened up that package for your son that said, "batteries not included. Maybe it's even deeper than that. Maybe you came here today knowing at the end of 2019, you'll be losing your job. Or maybe you've had a new designation of health that is not favorable for you. Too quickly, we come and there's all this euphoria and nostalgic of, of a promised joy of the Christmas season. But all too often on the 26th or after January 6th, we Forget that joy can quickly turn away from us. Have you prepared the way in your heart for the coming of Christ? Don't put it away with the things of the season. That's the ironic thing about the song Joy to the World. It was never meant to be a song. And it was never meant to be just a Christmas song. It was originally a poem that was supposed to be for every. Reminding us that that joy that does not go away, that comes with Christ in resurrection, that can be every day, not just for the season of Christmas. As doing some of that work and preparing the way in our hearts for the coming of Christ to us, we have to realize for a Savior to come, it means that we need a Savior. We get in touch with who we were, both the sin internally in our lives and the sin around us. And we know that this is how we do the work of preparation in our hearts is realizing that we need this Savior, this Christ child that has come to us. And from that, we jump to both back to Psalm 98 as well for a second point that joy to the world brings to us once we realize, living our lives of response, the victory, the victory that Christ won for us all. It is pointed out in the opening of our psalm. It says, sing a new song for the marvelous works that that God has done. That marvelous work of being born from a virgin, growing up, living, and dying, and resurrecting for us all. And in response, both in joy to the world as well as in Psalm 98, in response to that marvelous thing that was done and that we gather for this morning, we make a joyful noise to the world. In another verse of joy to the world, it says, let men their songs sing and then from rivers to mountains to hills to the nations to us individually. To all the world and to all creation, everything that was under the created order makes a joyful noise to the world. The very title of the song, Joy to the World, it means enduring joy. The joy that doesn't go away because January one. Or January 6 flips up on the calendar. Or the joy that is not just human joy that can be robbed from us just like that. And when we get bad news or that circumstances, that is human joy. But enduring joy can only come from the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. That he was born and that no matter what happens to us, when we have blessing, we know that it comes from God. And when we go through those those times of grief, those times of depression, and the times of knowing sin in our lives, we know that 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 has been nailed to the cross. And we can walk a new life of faith in it. And that is where our enduring joy comes from. Can you see what Isaac Watts is begging and pleading of this morning in response to that Psalm 98 in writing to the New Testament church who is us as we look backwards and remember this day, the birth of the Christ child that came in an extraordinary way. And as we live our lives in the day in and day out every day and then Rather Christ comes back or if he calls us home, we can know this life of enduring joy through everything that this world will throw at us. Joe last night preached about the the shepherds that would see the angel and then he challenged everybody last night, do we have that same joy at the announcement of the coming of the Christ child? Not just as Isaac Watts saw it after time and time again, hearing the message, just doing it out uh, out of begrudging submission or something like that. But to hear the news afresh and what it means to us this morning. That's what Isaac Watts wanted. That's what Joe challenged us to last night. And that is what I conclude with this morning. Joy to the world the Savior has come. Let earth receive her King. How does that land on you? My prayer for you, the rest of this day, the rest of the Christmas season, and the rest of every day as we flip 20 to 2020 and as we head into tumultuous times, remember this. There is joy, an enduring joy that comes from relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Every day, that can be the banner that we walk under. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Amen.